Hello and welcome. You've tuned into the School of Ministry podcast. Paul is your Bible teacher today. He has years of experience as a pastor, seminary instructor, and more. Later, you will be given information how to reach us. If you have questions you would like addressed, let us know. Maybe you have a need in your life and want to know how the Bible gives answers that apply to us today. Feel free to contact us. Now enjoy the lesson. There is a beautiful song. I love the song called Beulah Land. Says, I'm kind of homesick for a country to which I've never been before. No sad goodbyes will there be spoken, for time won't matter anymore. And I love that old song. But Isaiah, and that's where we're going to find, we're going to go over to Isaiah chapter 62. And by the way, you can go on to landmarkstockton.com on the page of messages. You can get a PDF that has the outline of today's message, kind of a little bulletin. All right, having said that, the book of Isaiah is just an amazing book. And Before I start reading, I want to just give you a little bit of background about the book of Isaiah because there's 66 chapters, and that correlates with the Bible's 66 books. It mirrors the Bible. Isaiah's message here is so amazing and that's, so we're going to go toward the end of the book and remember what happens toward the end of the book of Revelation. We have the thousand year reign prior to entering into heaven in that eternal age. What we're going to be looking at really is a picture of what's coming. But Isaiah prophesied during the time of the divided kingdom and most of his prophecies were toward the southern kingdom the kingdom of Judah. He condemned them of their empty ritualism. He condemned them of so many had been going off into idolatry, especially those in the northern kingdom. But it was the fulfillment of some of the prophecies. Now some of Isaiah's prophecies were fulfilled during his lifetime. And it provided those credentials that he was a true prophet of God. Such as Sennacherib who had come in and went up against the city of Jerusalem, and Isaiah had prophesied that that would fail. The Lord also healed King Hezekiah. And you can look at that, and you can see that in chapter 38. Isaiah had predicted that God would heal Hezekiah. And then, of course, long before Cyrus, the king of Persia, long before he appeared on the scene... Isaiah said that he would be the instrument that God would use to bring Israel out of the Babylonian captivity. And so the fulfillment, those are just a couple of the things Christ used this book so often. Let me give you just an example in chapter 61. Beginning in verse 1, he says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all those who mourn. 
really where I wanted to go was in chapter 62. Because in that, the Lord used in Isaiah 61 to let the people know He was the anointed. He was the one that they were going to look for. But I'm talking today about Beulah land. I'm talking today about four names that are given in our reading in Isaiah 62. Let's look from verses 1 through 5. It says, For Zion's sake I will not hold my peace, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest, until her righteousness goes forth as brightness, and her salvation as a lamp that burns. The Gentiles shall see your righteousness, and all the kings your glory. You shall be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord will name. You shall also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord, and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. You shall no longer be termed forsaken, nor shall your land any more be termed desolate, but you shall be called Hephzibah, and your land Beulah, for the Lord delights in you, and your land shall be married. For as a young man marries a virgin, so shall your sons marry you. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. I want to talk specifically this morning a little bit about verse 4. The names that are given there. You may not have seen those. Maybe you've heard about this before. But there are four names. It says... Nor shall your land any more be termed desolate. Azabah. That's what the Hebrew is. If we were able to read the Hebrew, and if you are reading the Hebrew, you see these words. You see this. And Azabah is the first name we're considering. Now, why Azabah? It means forsaken. But she was the queen of Judah. She was married to King Asa who was a good king. And they had a son, and his name is Jehoshaphat. And you can read in 1 Kings 22, 41 through 44, her name means forsaken. And it says there, Jehoshaphat, the son of Asa, had become king over Judah in the fourth year of King Ahab, king of Israel. Jehoshaphat was 35 years old when he became king, and he reigned 25 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Azabah the daughter of Shilhai, and he walked in all the ways of his father Asa. He did not turn aside from them, doing what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Nevertheless, the high places were not taken away, for the people offered sacrifices and burned incense on the high places. Also, Jehoshaphat made peace with the king of Israel. So that tells us a little bit about Jehoshaphat and something about the way he had been raised. But the name of his mother and the queen, Azabah, we have it here as given, your land shall no more be termed forsaken. So I've titled the message today, No More Forsaken. You shall no longer be forsaken. Why would someone name their child forsaken? Why would you name a child and give a child such a name? And it was because her mother died giving birth to her. So her father, in his grief, he felt forsaken by his wife. And the little baby would have been forsaken by her mother. 
And he gave that name to the daughters so both would be marked by their remembrances. Forsaken. Azabah. Well, we come to the next name. You shall no longer be termed forsaken, nor shall your land anymore be termed desolate. Shemarma. Name Shemarma means desolate. It means barren. It means dry, uninhabitable land uh, places. It means also like a woman hoping to bring forth child, but no child comes. It speaks of hopelessness. It speaks of, of hurt. A feeling alone, a feeling worthless. As a matter of fact, Isaiah uses this term again in 49, 17 through 20. He says, The poor and needy seek water, but there is none. Their tongues fail for thirst. I, the Lord, will hear them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will open rivers in Shamarma heights. In desolate heights is the way it's translated. And fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry springs of water. And I will plant in the wilderness the cedar and the acacia trees, the myrtle and the oil trees. I will set in the desert the cypress tree and the pine and the box tree together that they may see and know. And consider and understand together the hand of the Lord has done this and the Holy One of Israel has created. We have Azabah, who is the previous queen to Hephzibah. And it's interesting because now we come to that name, Hephzibah. We had a child that was forsaken in Azabah. And then Shemarma, desolate, a woman barren. So you see the idea that the writer inspired by God what he was trying to get through so that we could understand was the hopelessness the hurt the pain that deep sense of missing but he goes on and he says but I love when the word of God says but but you shall be called Hephzibah Hephzibah was Hezekiah's queen. He, she was mother to Manasseh. And it means my delight is in her. My delight is in her. 2 Kings 21, it says, Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king, and he reigned 55 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Hephzibah, and he did evil in the sight of the Lord according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. For he rebuilt the high places which Hezekiah, his father, had destroyed. He raised up altars to Baal and made a wooden image as Ahab of Israel had done. And he worshipped all the host of heaven and served them. Hi, let me interrupt for just a moment and update you with some information. You can now contact us at schoolofministryresources.org or BibleLandmarks.com. We also now live stream services on LandmarkStockton, all one word, dot com. Or you can see us on Facebook at Landmark Missionary Baptist Church of Stockton. We look forward to hearing from you. We would love to send you information. So thank you and back to our podcast. According to tradition, it was Manessa. Hephzibah's son that takes Isaiah 
puts him into a hollowed log and saws him in half. And that's how Isaiah died. Well, we have one more name. We've had Azabah, forsaken. Shamarma, desolate. Hephzibah, which of course means my delight is in her. And now one more, Beulah, for he says, but you shall be called Hephzibah and your land, Beulah. Beulah land. The name means married. Judea would be a a land that was married to her sons. Literally, it means to be lord over. You know, in the scripture, in the book of Revelation, we see a new Jerusalem coming down from heaven. A new place, and it's called the Lamb's Bride. And it's a beautiful remembrance, and it's a beautiful promise of what God is going to do, which He promised way back from Abraham. He promised that in Abraham's time that he would bless and that he would take care of all of Israel and give them great things. Remember, Israel was going into captivity. Babylon would soon take possession of the land. Foreigners would rule over the land up until 1948. So this name speaks of the promise of God and a promise that He is going to fulfill. Isaiah 54, 1-8 talks about that. It says, Sing, O barren, you have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes for you will expand to the right and to the left and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Do not fear for you will not be ashamed. Neither will you be disgraced. You will not be put to shame for you will forget the shame of your youth. And will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. For your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. Your Lord Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth. For the Lord has called you like a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit. Like a youthful wife when she was refused. Says your God, for a mere moment I have forsaken you. But with great mercies I will gather you. With a little wrath I hid my face from you for a moment. But with everlasting kindness I will have mercy on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. Now how do we apply these things, these four names? How do we apply them today? As a child of God, we ought to recognize that we're citizens of another land. We are citizens of somewhere else. We are looking forward to what God is going to do in a future time, in a future day. Our citizenship is somewhere beyond this world. We are in this world, but we're not of the world. The only reason that we're here in this world is to lead others out of this world. That's the only reason we have for being in this world. Well, the promise of Beulah land, the promise of a land that will be married, will be God's delight. Because we're living in a land right now that is full of hopelessness and desolation and barrenness and dryness and hurt and hopelessness. But we're looking for a time when those things will no longer be so. As a child of God, we need to 
have our minds set on things above, not on things here. We need to have a mindset that we know where we're going. And we're not building up treasures on the earth, but we're looking to build up treasures in heaven. We're looking to see what God is going to do. Isaiah 61 and 3 says, and of course the Lord was talking in Isaiah He was talking about the time would come and he says to appoint unto those who mourn in Zion to give beauty for ashes and oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that He may be glorified. In other words, the Messiah was going to come. He's going to change everything. If you are not a child of God, let me tell you that we want you to be On our team, (laughs) we want you to come over and, and accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because otherwise you are Azabah, forsaken. You are Shamarma, desolate, dry. You have no hope. Our only hope is that of Jesus Christ who has come and gives us a new reason, a new hope. I love to just consider and read some of these precious prophecies in the book of Isaiah because we can see what God is about to do. But it's a special time for Israel. And beyond that, let's just see there are some special opportunities and features of the kingdom. So if you become a citizen of God's kingdom, a citizen of heaven, There is coming a great day when Christ Himself will rule and reign over the earth. What a beautiful day. We will have the presence of Christ. Won't that be fantastic? Actually, Jesus will be here. And if somebody wants to go see Him, if you're a child of God, you'll be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye, as was read in the devotion. You'll be changed in a moment that will be raised And if you have gone to be with the Lord, it's all right because they get to go first. I've always said, you know what? The dead in Christ get about a five-foot start. (laughs) They get up and they get up off the ground. Well, I don't know that that's exactly biblical, but that's the idea that Paul says we won't prevent them. We won't go before those who are dead in Christ. That's why I say they get a five-foot head start. Well, in all of that, We know that we'll be changed. We'll have a new body, a body like Christ. You'll get to go into this beautiful land, Beulah land. You'll get to go and see that. Now, there'll be others that make it through the horrible tribulation period that survive even through the battle of Armageddon. And they got to take a plane to go and see Jerusalem. But you know what? For us, for a child of God... You can just be transported, just like Jesus appeared in their midst here and there. And we're going to be like Him. So we will have the presence of Jesus. And Psalm 72, 19 promises that. And that's a beautiful psalm of Messiah and His kingdom. So we won't need an airplane. We won't need any way to get there as that. In the land there will be truth. The presence of truth. Isaiah 11 and 9 says that everywhere... Everything is going to be truth. Can you imagine a world where there is only truth? That's what Beulah Land is. Well, there's one more thing. Not only the presence of Jesus, not only the presence of truth, the presence of righteousness. Psalm 72 talks about that. It talks about in verse 7, 
in all of these areas, righteousness will flourish. Have you ever noticed how that holy people sometimes are oppressed in our society? But that's what Paul said. Don't think it's strange. All that live godly in this present age will suffer. Because if you live for the Lord, you will suffer, the scripture says, persecution. But not all in that age. There will be just flourish righteousness. What about peace? Wouldn't you like to live in a land where there's peace? Isaiah 2 and 4 talks about that peace shall reign. That's because the Prince of Peace is going to be here. The Prince of Peace is going to be the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And there's never been any peace in this world. It seems like there's always somewhere where there's turmoil. There's always something that's going on. Never has there been a time of complete peace. But peace shall reign. How would you like to tune in to nightly news that just told the wonderful stories, all of the rundown. But we as men and women of God, we've got to recognize that we are citizens of a better land. We are citizens of a greater land. And we must always keep that before us. That whatever happens, whatever we might see, we are looking forward to this greater. Only He can change. Only He can change you. Only He can change this beautiful globe. And it will be more glorious. It will be better than ever before. If you're being driven by the signs of the time, maybe now is the day to launch out to share with others that do not know Jesus Christ as personal Savior. It's the day. We are called to be fishers of men. We are called to tell others Follow me as I follow Christ. We're called today. But we have to have our mind on things above. And recognize that all of these happenings in our world now are just temporary. Just for a time. If you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is the day that you know Him. Today is the day to come and receive Him. He can transform you. He can change you. He will make you, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, He will make you new and fresh. Thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the message. If you want to hear Paul in person and are in the Stockton, California area, we invite you to join us at Landmark Missionary Baptist Church, 301 East Alpine Avenue. That's near the University of the Pacific. He brings the Bible message every Sunday at 11 a.m. and other times as listed. We trust you've been encouraged challenged, or generally built up spiritually. If this lesson has sparked questions on this or other topics, please see our contact information in the description or email us at sclofministry at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.